Hello and welcome to the Telehealth OT podcast where occupational therapists, parents, caregivers, and patients share their telehealth stories. My name is Dr. Reina Oliveira and I am the owner of Telehealth OT Services where we specialize in working with children with autism and also provide education and trainings to occupational therapists about telehealth. I have been able to share my story with the world and now I am extremely happy to give others the opportunity to do the same. All right, everyone, welcome to today's episode. Our guest here today is Eileen Diogracias. Did I say that right? That's correct. All right, Eileen, <laughs> will you introduce yourself to everyone and let us know what your OT story is? Oh, and it's going to be a long story, so I hope that you've got popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're ready. <laughs> So, so uh, thank you, Lorena, for having me. And uh, my name is Eileen Deo Gracias. Um, and yes, it is Deo is God and Gracias is thank you. So it is thank you, God. I, it's my married name. So oh, I love that. <laughs> had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so I'm. I'm. I like to introduce myself as. I'm a wife first, I'm a mom, and then I'm, I'm a pediatric occupational therapist. Um, I feel like keeping that in perspective, you know, I am blessed that, um, that my husband and my, my family allows me to do what I, you know, my situation allows me to do something that I really, really love to do. So um, I'm also, I also manage a group pediatric practice uh, called Therapy Works PC. Um, and we're in Lawrenceville, Georgia. We have, I think right now we have about 15 in total, OTs, PTs, and speech therapists. We're mostly moms. <laughs> we're, um, we're, we're mostly, you know, uh, uh, contractors, and, and they work when, you know, when, when their kids are in school or, you know, when their kids have gone off to school. That It, it kind of is just a, a good mix. We, you know, that, that's, how we, that's how we set it up to be. Um, uh, I am also, I, I do a lot of advocacy work. I am the current Georgia Occupational Therapy Association Reimbursement and Regulatory Chair. I also, as part of that, I um, am the GOTA Telehealth Task Force Chair. Um, we, we set up a, a telehealth task force prior to COVID and it came in really handy getting everybody up to speed with um, when COVID hit and when we had to switch to teletherapy. So, so yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's how I, I ended up here. I, I am a consumer, a follower of Raina's uh, <laughs> telehealth OT um, Facebook group. I, uh, <laughs> when, when we, you know, when, uh, when COVID hit and we were at the point of, are we going to close our business or are we going to keep on going? And yes, let's do telehealth. I had to educate myself so that I could, um, uh, uh, well, transition my practice from 
in person to telehealth and, and we're still we're still transitioning. <laughs> yeah, I remember you being yes. super active in the group in the very beginning. I remember seeing your name like all over. I was I, like, <laughs> yes, she's here to learn. I love that. <laughs> it really was helpful, Raina. I want I oh. wanted to let you know that, you know, and I still I still watch the videos. I do it I I don't do it live. I do it like, you know, uh, after and I'm like, oh, I did not think of that. I, you know, it's, it's always, you know, and, and I, I'm so grateful to, you know, just your generosity, oh. especially throughout this time, you know, that, that really what I, what is what I love about the OT community is that we're so willing to share information. Yeah, everyone has really come together strong like during this time and it's been amazing to watch all the resources pop up and everyone just share information. It's been really beautiful and obviously it's so OT, right? Like that's that's who we are. <laughs> yeah. We're the helping profession. We were just talking about this before I hit record and and so we always want to help each other. Right. So <clears throat> Um, did you want to hear about that was not my OT no, story? I know. I was going to ask you. That's not your OT story. So how did you first find out about OT? So I am originally from the Philippines. I was born and raised in the Philippines and went to Catholic school. I um, And, you know, we were like, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up and, and all of that? And And my best friend's brother is an OT, it, uh, was at that time uh, graduating from OT school. And we were like, what's OT? <laughs> and, and, you know, I've, I've always, uh, well, you know, I like Jesus. I have to just say that. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And I... Shout from the I, rooftops. <laughs> I, um, I prayed prior to this that, you know, I, I want to be in a profession where, or a job where it's my vocation, it's my calling. Yeah. And I found out about it. I researched about it. And then I, said, I thought like, oh, I, I'd like, I'd really like to, to, uh, to apply to OT school. And so I did, and my friends did, and we all went to OT school together. And um, so now uh, her brother is Louis Arabit, and he is the AOTA political action committee chair for the re for the West. Oh. And he's been my he's been a mentor all these years. So I wow. I um uh when when I had the opportunity of like, you know, I wanna I wanna help, um he said like yeah, step up to the plate. Go ahead, go ahead, <laughs> do it. And, That's so and cool. I know. So it's you know it's just um so again, you know, fast forward, I, I've been an OT for 20 something years. I graduated in 1997. I, uh, I was part of a group practice in the Philippines. I was managing um, a, a, a pediatric, a very similar to what I'm doing um, in the Philippines for the, and then worked there for eight years. And then our family had an opportunity to move here to the U.S., I said, like, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot one year. You know, that was in 2006. I said, if it didn't work out, I'm going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, you know, when, when once we were, we were here already, the kids really liked, you know, being here in the U.S. Uh, and, you know, the health problems we had in, in the Philippines, like they had asthma, they had all of this, kind of all just disappeared. I said, like, hmm, this is... 
this is something. So that was 14 years ago. I'm still here. Wow. So eight plus 14. I think I'm like an OT. I've been an OT, like, I don't know the math, but maybe 22 years in total. Wow. Or 23. So I love that. I, I didn't know that you had that you were managing a practice in the Philippines and now you're doing the same here. That's so cool. There's there's a big community of OTs in the Philippines that I've actually had um, the pleasure of connecting with because of all this telehealth stuff. So it's awesome right, to see what's yeah. going on like globally. So as we were trying to learn how, because I, I still support them, the, the the clinic that I practice, Communicare, I still support them. And, you know, so whatever I'm learning here, I'm just passing on to them. It's just, you know, it's different because of like, you know, reimbursement is different, but the, the essence is still the same. You know, you try, the goal is to continue to help families throughout this, you know, it's a global pandemic. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. And I love that focus. I think uh, we were talking about on the last episode about school-based OTs and how they're kind of struggling transitioning to the homes. And I'm like, it's about the family. And I think we have to remember that it's a family-centered care. We have to care about all of them and not just the child and their school-based goals. And so it's the same everywhere. It's It's the same everywhere globally. So I feel like sometimes, you know, we get lost in the weeds as, as therapists and, you know, because you also have to think about who's, um, who's your payer source and, you know, like you won't get, I, I am largely Medicaid, um, uh, Medicaid is my, my largest payer source. So, you know, you have to always consider that, um, you know, what are their conditions of participation and, you know, I, I feel like for for private OTs, this has been an amazing, I feel like a blessing because, you know, rather than just simulate the skills, ADLs, you know, we were talking about it in the clinic setting, you're in the home and right. you are actually in the context of where it's happening. Mm-hmm. You, you could see where participation is not happening and you can intervene there. So, I feel like telehealth and OT are, you know, are it's it it's OT has uh, telehealth has allowed OT a different area of practice that you know, or a, a, a facet or a practice that has been largely unexplored. Yeah, so definitely. Now we're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we're in the home. Yeah. So yeah, and that's where we should be. I really think that's where we should be. So you brought up Medicaid and we're going to bring it back to why I asked you to be on the podcast because we can talk all day because we get along so well. Um, So just to fill in everybody, I really wanted uh, Eileen's perspective on advocacy and telehealth. And so let's talk about what has changed within from from your practice perspective, what has changed within like the insurance companies as far as telehealth reimbursement goes? What has that process looked like for you? Um, not pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Tell them the truth. Tell them the truth. <laughs> so, so I'm talking about Georgia. 
but you know we're at the state level everything comes down from the federal level so prior to prior to all of this uh we, uh georgia was already the gota was already advocating for in um re for ot services re uh telehealth ot services reimbursement largely uh, through babies can't wait which is our early intervention mm -hmm. program and um, speech has always been re reimbursed since 2017 and then PT was about to get reimbursed and we were like wait a minute why not OT because we were kind of looking at the discrepancy like you're going to reimburse P the physical therapist and the, the speech therapist but not OT it, it doesn't speak well about our profession and also we knew that with georgia being a largely rural state that there are a lot of you know of families that would be able to benefit from 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 telehealth you know because georgia has been um putting uh, in place you know not just for ot's but broadband um expansion mm -hmm. to make way for you know for telemedicine and telehealth so so that's where we were coming from and we we set it up maybe like around this time last year and we were just doing our research and you know just uh trying to get feedback from our membership and then covid hit and so we were like, well, you know, all of these other professions are now able to provide therapy services, but not OT. So we really had to, we really had to, um, to do grassroots advocacy. And that is calling, calling, mm -hmm. emailing, uh, emailing payers, uh, talking about why, you know, why, uh, why they should reimburse telehealth OT and and really looking at you know the research that have been done by other states on how effective it is you know in the context of the home and so we we, we called we wrote we had um, we we requested for meetings we we had the help of our lobbyists to to set that up because mm -hmm. that's kind of like a different world you know the legislative and executive branch is not something that we're totally familiar with but well now i'm getting more right. familiar with it <laughs> and so we were included as part of the uh, flexibilities the the flexibility waivers during the public health emergency so we thought like you know then we had to start educating everybody and we were very mindful that hey guys this is a temporary thing for now but look at it sort of as an audition for you know because we want it permanent and we know and we know that this is going to give us an opportunity to just get information you know gather data and and find out you know really on the ground which patients are appropriate and not appropriate so very quickly we did the we did a telehealth survey and you know overwhelmingly patients regardless of covid patients want this you know right. they see that especially you know those that would have um multiple medical conditions where they would have to put the child get the tube feed going get the wheelchair put them in the van drive and then drive a, a few a, a couple uh, you know like 45 minutes to therapy and then drive back home again this has worked perfectly for them because they're in the home yep. there there's 
you you t- took away that transition of you know like when they get to the clinic they the kids are like oh my gosh i'm so tired mm-hmm. or i'm so tight i you know we had to do away with all of that and family saw that okay like yes we are seeing you during meal times mm-hmm. we are seeing you during you know like like routines of the day and you can give us tips i'm doing it and oh it's amazing and and that's why you know i I was still on the fence then like you know i don't know how this is gonna work but those kids it works and and that's why i'm i'm at this point continuing the fight for permanence Mm -hmm. like the permanent inclusion both for public payers and and private payers so yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, no. Have, I, okay. I have like long answers. Too. Don't, no, no, don't worry. This is so valuable. And I think people need to hear this. And I always tell um, my friend, Douglene, who's like a huge advocate too. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. just not me, but we need more people like you. And so like, this is my way of helping. It's like bringing you to tell everybody like what to do and what we should be doing. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like I love your long answers. Um, so <laughs> I always say we're one policy away. We're mm-hmm. one policy away from being irrelevant. And that has happened in the past. So wow. I'm, you know, <laughs> I love that. And I really love what you said about it being an audition for us. I think that's a very, that like puts things into perspective for me, um, you know, as a, as a private practice owner, or as a telepractitioner it's like oh shoot yeah like the world is watching us now like the world is like seeing like what are these ot's up to and is it really going to work and so i think if everyone realizes that yeah we're like on the spotlight right now and this could the way that the way that we practice could really affect the future of reimbursement for our for our profession that's huge right Right. that's huge (laughs) you are prior to me um taking part in in reimbursement and regulatory issues i didn't know you know i i worked i got my paycheck mm-hmm. i was happy but when my my business was you know now that i'm a business owner and i just realized how how many things you know they're always at there's always a threat either they're going to reduce reimbursement which they're trying to do now they're going to try and reduce it by nine percent nine percent of whatever rate you're getting is where are you going to get that yeah and and you know a, a lot of us a, a huge part of this goes to the therapist there you're not going to say like oh i'm going to cut your pay nine percent no. no one's going to say you know so so we don't we don't know that but now you know we are at that point where oh they're going to go do all of these cuts they did cuts for pdpm pdgm though mm-hmm. those are all are all cuts and and if you don't say that hey this is how it's going to affect me they're just going to go ahead and you're going to say like oh aota didn't do anything for me or like what did you do right you know it's it's not just up to the people that are volunteering it's it's also up to you mm-hmm. so yeah yeah so you brought up like uh, you know the point about the associations and i think that um OTs in general, yeah, really rely on either the state associations or AOTA to do everything. Um, And I just remember that, like, there, 
there are so many more students that are members of the associations than practitioners. And so let's talk about from your perspective, like what is the importance of being a member of your state association? Well, I, I, uh, and it's so true, you know, looking at our membership, it it is the same. It it is students that are, are really um, uh, supporting the associations. And I feel like that's, that's good for them because they know what is going on. When, when you're a student, you, you kind of like, you know, you're learning and all of that. But, um, but not a lot of practitioners. And, and I feel like that's unfortunate because you, this is your, uh, your, our, our means of earning a living is, is you know, be, becoming OT. You invested in school. You invested in continuing education. Aren't you going to invest a little bit to make sure that you can continue to do what you do or open other areas of practice? That's what, that's what associations and uh, uh, national associations and state associations do. They they advocate, they look at policy and they advocate for you. I mean, we as practice, we're already so busy mm-hmm. that you don't really have time to see like, you know, this, this policy is coming out. Uh, so-and-so profession want to do ADLs and say that they have like, mm-hmm. you know, they have the data to prove that, you know, no, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> oh, no. Listen, you see, I'm shaking my head for those that don't see us on the video right now. <laughs> but but that that happens all the time, and and you know, a lot of us are volunteers in the association. So the volunteers will get their needs. You know, this is what's important to me. So pediatric OT is important to me. Telehealth is important to me. But what if? Uh, what's important to you is adult practice or geriatric practice, but there's no volunteers. So there's no voice mm. in, in that association. And, and you have these people saying that, oh, they didn't do anything really for me. They, they are trying to do something for you, but you didn't say what you needed. It's right. like, you know, we can't guess what, what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it, it is what's, in, it's, you're kind of, and our and our and we're trying to just put out fires as they come, you know, like like this insurance is we'll say that oh we're only going to pay for five OT sessions a year. And yeah, no. So so who who would who would say that who would say that no you know they need more than that they need more visits because we would need so so a, a number of visits to get you know to get to make a difference. But they don't know, you know, insurance, they don't know. They'll just say, say that. And so, so I feel like um, uh, it's, it needs to be a continuing investment in your profession. Yeah. And I, my uh, continuation of my story is on my 20th year, I, I said, like, you know what, I, I, want, I want to do something for a profession that has been so good to me. Mm. It, it's, it's allowed me it's allowed me to to do what I love every day. What can I do? I, I made that mistake of asking our association president and he said, like, here, do this. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know what you were getting yourself into, huh? <laughs> I, I didn't know. I said, like, how do you do this? Um, you figure it out. Here, talk to this person. <laughs> oh my goodness. And, but 
yeah, it was a lot of figuring out, but I, you know, I, I, I'm not getting paid for it, but if I love, I love looking at policy. I love, you know, seeing, you know, we all love making a difference in our patients, but when you see that you made a difference in, in the law mm-hmm. or, uh, or like a policy change, ah, oh, that is, yeah, I love it. It's, I love it. You get so excited. You get so excited because you're not just affecting the people in your in your caseload and in your clinic, but you're affecting people in Georgia. Yeah. You know, like someone is going to benefit from this, and and that to me is exhilarating. That that yeah. probably is is the word. You know, well, it's that, no that, longer like one to one. It's no longer you to your patient. It's like you mm-hmm. to all the residents of Georgia or all the people under that insurance or it's like you to many and it's such a good feeling. It's like a circle of influence. You know, you just exploded your circle of influence and whether they know it or not, you, you were helping them and you don't, you don't have to shout it from the rooftop. So you just know like, Hey, I I had a little part in that. Yeah. (laughs) And Yeah. I love your so, perspective, though, of like wanting to give back to the profession. That's so like, that's so heartwarming and so nice. Like, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that. Like, everyone's all, you know, the human instinct is to be like, what's in it for me? But like, to, to say, you know, I've been in practice for 20 years. I really want to give back. What can I do? That is, that is amazing. Yeah. So what is, what is your advice for those of us that like have no idea about policy, have no idea about advocacy, like what is one small step that I can go do today to help? Um, probably, well, <laughs> and I'm not going to get political. <laughs> <laughs> go register to um, vote, people. <laughs> register to vote, yes. Um, a, a couple of years ago, we, we had this... Uh, program in GOTA called um, We Wore Pins, and it said this OT votes, this mm. Georgia OT votes. And I guess my, my, um, my advice is that when you vote in November, you know, uh, it's, it's so messy, like, you know, our political scene is just, but take the time to, to look at, um, take the time to look at, uh, what do you call that? Uh, at um, the platforms of each candidate and take a look and see how it would affect your practice. You know, are they, are they for Medicaid expansion? If you serve largely Medicaid patients, that, that's going to either be good for you or bad for you, depending on the state. Are they, what are, what's their policy towards the elderly? What's their policy towards children with special needs? You know, you can look it up before you actually put that mark that you're voting for that person. Take a look at, at how um, it's going to affect you and your practice and, and also email them. You know, I, I, that's, that's one of the things that, that we did because we wanted to let the candidates know that, Hey, we're watching you and I'm an OT and I'm in your, I'm in your area and all of that. And, and say that, Oh, what, what's your plan for, for special needs kids? Like, you know, there are people that are running for school board, ask them like, you know, are you, uh, what's your plan for, um, 
for COVID-19 when there are so many special needs kids that are the parents are choosing to, to, to keep at home because they're they're medically fragile. What what how are you going to support that? And they're like nobody asks that. Such question. tough questions, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you ask those questions because you know, from like a grassroots perspective, it will affect you. Mm-hmm. It will and and from a networking perspective, which OT emails their, you know, their oh. their congresswoman, like, you know, say like, hi, I'm an OT, blah, blah, blah. And you know, and so now they know, you know, they may con they will contact you back and invite you to, you know, and, and talk to you about like, hey, this is what I'm gonna do. So, you know, it's it's like an advocacy and a networking perspective and a marketing too. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, know, just, got, you just got me so excited, like about, I'm gonna go email somebody. Like, you just yes. got me excited about it. And people have been telling me this, but I don't know. It's just like the way that you explain it. And like, I love that. That's so, asking them those <laughs> tough questions, like putting them on the spot, you know, stuff that I'm sure they yeah. don't even think about, that we're always thinking yeah. about, that's on our mind. And again, because it affects your practice, you know, yeah. we, we think that we're in this isolated vacuum. We're not, mm-hmm. you know, these people are those that, that would vote for legislation that will, will, will affect you yeah. and, you know, or your kids or, you know, so ask them those questions and then vote, you know, vote for who you feel like answered your question correctly and hold them to it like you know once they're elected you say i emailed you when you were running <laughs> oh i did that <laughs> i love this like oh my goodness i love this <laughs> i i did that and they you know they, they will remember they'll send you an email and oh i'm gonna have like a town hall there would you like to come oh yeah i would you know ask you those questions in person <laughs> wow wow it's, it's a, a lot of like just it takes a little guts but it's actually fun because you're you're part of the you're of you know of the civic you're, yeah. you know, you're exercising your civic duty yes yes so powerful and it's like it's not even that hard like it's doesn't you know it's not even that hard to just like write up an email real quick and and send it i love that we can we can all do that I'm challenging everyone who's listening to this podcast right now to go write an email and let me know when you've done so. Email Eileen yeah. too. <laughs> email me. We said that, you know, we had this hashtag, this Georgia OT votes. And we just, you know, like we, we did like a grassroots campaign before. And oh, our, because um, we had to update our licensure bill. To, you know, it hasn't been updated in 35 years. We had like, uh, we had uh, only nine people didn't vote for it. And so kind of like to turn around, we when, when our bill was approved and enacted, uh, the next year we did a, a thank you letter to them. Like, hey, thank you. We, we found out who's been voting, who is their con- constituent, and then said like, you voted for HB 253, it affects me. Thank you so much for supporting occupational therapy. If there's anything I could do for you, please let me know. Wow. That's, you know, that's, that was a quick, just, you know, kind of like just to touch base and, and circle back. And, you know, we've had, we've had members and stu- a lot of students like 
they did that. They, they actually got meetings with their um, with their congresswoman or congressman, and actually, yeah. So, wow, <laughs> that is that is huge. I love what you're doing. I love the message that you're putting out into the world. We definitely need more Eileen's in the world. <laughs> we need more people to influence <laughs> policy and advocate for our profession. You you brought up something about. Um, when I asked you for your advice, you said to like to research. And I think that that that's, you know, research who we're voting for. And I think that nowadays, especially with COVID and how they are um, pushing for more of the mail-in votes, that we have the time now to actually like sit at home with our ballots and research and take our time to vote without the pressure of, you know, standing at the at the polls. Right. So there's yeah. like no there's no excuse, you know? There's no excuse. You have to, we have time. Yeah. Take a look. Or like it's just do a template email. Mm-hmm. You know? Like this is the email that I'm gonna send everyone I'm gonna thinking about voting. And you could say like I'm I'm considering my vote. What are your what are your thoughts on this? And you know, you 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 send it you send it to them and see if they respond. Yeah. And that, and them responding tells a lot too, like in and of itself, right? Like if they ignore you, you're like, all right, well, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) guess they're not really interested in what I'm talking about. But you know what? Of the 10 people I emailed, 10 people responded. Wow. It was election year. Mm -hmm. They, Yeah. And um, and I got invited to uh, one of our like our state representatives' office just to talk about you know I wanted to talk to you about our bill and oh yeah go and I have like you know I have this plan let's let's go and, and chat about it I'd like to hear about it mm. so wow that is <laughs> you should do that Raina tell them tell them you're the queen of telehealth OT (laughs) and that in you're in Florida right in Florida I would like to see that you know (laughs) this is a permanent you know who I am like really (laughs) I'm just kidding (laughs) so and so thousand followers (laughs) yeah I have almost 8,000 followers how many do you have I don't see you on Instagram like what's going on (laughs) (laughs) but tell them that you know like and I'm in Florida or you know whatever state and this is where it's happening yeah. oh they love that yeah. love <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get on it I'm telling you you're inspiring me <laughs> and I hope that all our listeners are inspired thank you so so much for coming on <laughs> and sharing all your wisdom and your passion I I just I'm I'm happy with how you're sharing the message because it just makes it light and less intimidating and everyone can do it. So thank you, Eileen, for coming on. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. This is, this is me returning the favor for those early, early days when, when we didn't know what to do. (laughs) You, you, you show, you had like your candle here, people, this is what you do. (laughs) I was trying, like you said, like it was, I felt like it was my calling to be out there helping everybody. And, you know, it was, it's been a pleasure to, to establish this community and to continue to help everyone. And so, you know, I, like you, I'm just super passionate about it. 
And so I'm doing what I love and it's easy when you're, when you're, when you love what you're doing. So, mm-hmm. all right, everybody take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. If you're an occupational therapist and you want to know more about telehealth, be sure to join the telehealth OT Facebook group for more information. I'll catch you on the next episode.